Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Thank you for joining us on this Sunday night for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. We are coming to you live from the WMCA studios in Lower Manhattan with Heritage Baptist Church and our host, Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage and tonight we continue our conversation on the book of Genesis by discussing day three of creation. If you would like to join our conversation tonight, give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, I am feeling wise this evening. Wise? That means you were listening this morning because we began a new series on Proverbs, God's Wisdom Handbook. Yeah. And it says in one of the verses we looked at today, to know wisdom and instruction. So you got it, huh? I got it. It was an awesome message. It was an awesome message, yeah. It was. It was great. Well, praise God. You know, people love the book of Proverbs. Yeah, people really love yeah. the book mm-hmm. of Proverbs, and so people are like, oh, I'm so glad you're doing this yeah. series, Pastor. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it, yeah. and people are even shaking their heads at me right now. That um, Nodding, nodding you, their heads. Yeah, which means good. They're not <laughs> saying no. They're shaking. There's, they're, that's true. Shaking means they're saying yes. So you like the book of Proverbs, Rebecca? I do. And Rebecca is here tonight with her mom, Maureen. First time ever mother-daughter duo. So yes. welcome, Maureen, to our program. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, and we do want to invite any of our listeners to visit with us at Heritage Baptist Church. Michael, would you like to give the information? Yeah, we meet on Sunday morning starting at 10 a.m. for an ABF Adult Bible Fellowship Hour, and then 11 a.m. is the main service, and we meet at 490 Hudson Street, and that is between Grove and Christopher at PS3. It's Public School 3. We are not affiliated with them. They're not affiliated with us, but we are able to meet there for our church service 11 a.m. on Sundays. And the rest of, of the week, of course, we do have our own condominium space near the Grand Central Station area in Manhattan. So on Monday nights, we have an institute, not tomorrow, but normally on Monday nights. Wednesday, we have our prayer meeting. And then Tuesday, we have a Zoom men's Iron Sharpens Iron class. Yeah. How would they find How would men who would like to get in a good Bible study, you guys are studying the book of Hebrews, how would they join up with that? Yeah, so we meet on Zoom, so you have to have internet access, but if you do, all you have to do is go to hbcnyc.org, Heritage Baptist Church NYC, hbcnyc.org, and um, there's a link right there on the homepage for Iron Sharpens Iron, and we meet at 7 o'clock on Tuesdays. And you do a great job leading that Bible study as well. The men really rave about the time and how it's really helped people spiritually in a lot of ways in our Mm. church. Praise Mm. God. We also have women's fellowships. My wife has a number of Bible studies during the week on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You ladies, you would enjoy my wife's Bible study if you come on out to church. And she also has a number of Zoom things online. So we'd love to have you. Thanks for all for listening tonight. We are going to dive into day three of creation tonight. And we're going to read from Genesis chapter 1, verse 9, down through, through verse 13. And Micah will then pray for us. And we're going to look at the third day of creation. 
And there are two amazing parts to this day we're going to talk about. So let's read there, Rebecca, if you could please start us off at Genesis chapter 1, verse 9. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. Praise God. Okay, Praise God. Yes, dear Lord, we thank you, God, for creation. We thank you for the land and the sea and the vegetation, Lord. And as we discover, Lord, what is so good in this creation on day three, Lord, we just pray that you bless our conversation, bless our listeners, Lord, and um, give us your word to speak out over the airwaves tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so what we believe about our origins has massive implications, doesn't it? It does. And how we see all of life. It is important, vital, absolutely essential for Christians to believe that God is our creator. We are not the products of evolution. And we've been speaking about this a lot, mm-hmm. about creation and evolution. Yeah. But many people narrowly think that evolution is just that... Man came from a monkey. Mm -hmm. But that's just like the tip of the iceberg to the lie of evolution. Mm -hmm. Now, there's no genetic proof of of man coming uh, from a monkey. There's no fossil evidence. And obviously the Bible, does the Bible teach anywhere you came from a monkey, Rebecca? No. Okay. (laughs) Don't make a monkey out of me, right, as they say. But evolution is far more than that. For example, there had to be different kinds of evolution as well. There had to be a cosmic evolution. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is the beginning of a time-space mass universe in the first place. Where did it come from? There had to be a cosmic evolution of the origin of the universe. Then there had to be planetary evolution. Like where did the planets and the solar systems, and then bigger than the solar systems are the galaxies. And where did the billions, we're going to talk about this on day four, all mm-hmm. the galaxies and the suns, the billions of galaxies, and then the, the billions of stars within each galaxy. Mm. There had to, according to evolution, everything had to evolve. So there had to be planetary evolution. Then there had to be organic evolution. That is the, the, the beginning of the most basic form of life, mm-hmm. a simple life cell, if you mm-hmm. will, even though we know a, 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 no cell is simple life. Yeah. But there had to be organic evolution. You know, and even uh, evolutionists say that took billions of years you know, for the rain on the, you know, coming down on the rocks into, mm-hmm. the, into the primordial soup, so mm-hmm. to speak. So there had to be organic evolution. And then there had to be macroevolution, not just man turning into a monkey but what did the platypus evolve what was the platypus before it was a platypus you know <laughs> was it a duck or a turtle yeah. what was the what did the lion evolve from yeah. what did the blobfish that's one of my favorite fish you ever see that fish the blobfish blob what did the blobfish evolve from and where were the what's the missing link of the blobfish i'd like to know yeah. you know what was the lion before it was a lion everything you see had to make macro changes from uh-huh. one kind into another mm-hmm. and there's no 
genetic evidence. There's no fossil evidence. There's no logical evidence for this. Well, Pastor, you know where the missing link is, right? Still missing. <laughs> missing links. Missing links. There's thousands. thousands there of there should be. Am I right on that? Right. If there was yeah. evolution, yeah. if that's a big if, yeah. there wasn't. There must be thousands of them, and they can't find one yeah. in the fossil record. So, let's talk about day three. Amazing day as it began. Light. Not the sun, because the sun is not yet created. Yeah. But light fills the earth, so the, the earth is splashed with light. The beautiful seas ripple peacefully. Mm. Can you picture the peacefulness of the light-drenched sky. No, it wasn't sun-drenched. Mm-hmm. It was light-drenched. Mm-hmm. There was no sight of dry ground. There was no sandy seashore. It was just the earth filled with water. There were no fish. There was no living things. There, were no, there was no seaweed in the water. It was just the earth covered with water. And then day three happened. Now, Micah, what makes this day unique from the first three and even all the days put together? But what makes this day, like, unique and special? Yeah, you know, Pastor, this is the only time. It's interesting that twice on day three, God calls it good. So once he calls it good when he separates the dry land from the waters, and then a second time he calls it good when he creates the vegetation. So it's only on this day that he calls it good twice. So Tuesday, the third day of the week is Tuesday has a double blessing. And as I was doing some research on this, I found a really interesting fact that there's a Jewish tradition that Tuesdays are actually the best day to get married because there is this double blessing. Oh, wow. And it's, and twice, because it says God said it was good twice, uh-huh. it also says, and God said and God twice. So twice. God speaks specifically on two occasions doing two separate creative acts on this day. So... It's a very unique day, and it was so when God speaks. So let's look at this day where God said twice, where it was good twice, where it's a good day to get married because the, not, because the sun now shines on the second day of the week in a special way, right? Okay, the first thing we see is how God speaks, and he shapes the earth. So we see the shaping of the earth on this day, and the dry land appeared. Now, you just, just put, be, be a fly on the wall here, you know. Just picture yourself, even though there was no wall and there were no flies. <laughs> picture yourself being able to see this happening as God shapes the earth and the dry land just rises up out of the water. What could this have looked like, Micah? What do you... What, I mean, this is just truly mm-hmm. fascinating, astounding. Yeah, why? Well, you know, I would give almost anything to travel back in time and witness the creation of the world. And the Bible records that there actually were witnesses. God told Job that the angels were there and listen to their reaction. Job 38, I'm going to read verse 4 and then 7. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons mm-hmm. of God shouted for joy. I'm sure that if we were there we would have been shouting for joy too. There's a really cool documentary called Genesis Paradise Lost, which features Ken Ham and other like-minded creation scientists. And in the film, there are scenes which depict all the days of creation using cutting-edge cinematography and special effects. And I would say that watching these scenes is probably as close as we're going to get 
to actually witnessing creation. But you never know. Maybe God will show us a replay when we get to heaven. I do hope so. Absolutely. Maureen? Yeah, and um, so... In verse 10, God, call, God calls it um, dry land. Mm-hmm. He actually says dry. Yeah. So this day, after the first day, the, the earth, w- everything was void and, yeah. and nothing was going on. Mm-hmm. But on day three, you have the dry land, the yeah. seas, the shoreline, the beaches, uh-huh. the grass, the fruits, the trees. And it, it just sounds like paradise it to does. me. Yeah. So day three is the day... Um, one of my favorite days because it's when everything is like perfect paradise for me. And this is when God began to create a welcoming environment for every conceivable um, humankind. Yeah, that's for right. us, mm-hmm. for humankind. Yeah. And dry, um, in, the, in here it says dry because it was dry land because... God, well, God did not want us to be walking on mud, and, he, and the <laughs> yeah. dry land also absorbs water. Mm-hmm. And this is very important for us because um, if we didn't have dry land that was able to absorb mm. water, then when it rains, everything will be flooded. Yeah. And, and so God made it so perfectly mm. that this water, this um, planet will be able, the dry land will be able to absorb the water. Um, and also, dry talks about being um, that it, uh, the land that is temporary, that is subject to withering. And so it's an environment where everything is fading away. And this and everything here nowadays, we know that everything is in a state of decaying and, and the earth is constantly decaying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that is amazing. I mean, that it, that it was dry as soon as it came out of the water. That's a miracle. Yeah. So what we see on this day as well is we see the miraculous, providential, supernatural power of God mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one thing evolutionists don't see is that, yeah. which is very sad. They miss the supernatural, providential, p- powerful, w- wise works of God. And you know what the dry land reminds me of? It reminds me of Israel when mm-hmm. they went through the Red Sea on dry land. Sometimes God can dry, God dries up the land miraculously for our good because like you said he didn't want them walking around on the mud. Adam would have got rebuked by his wife. What are you coming in the house with the with your feet all muddy, you know? Okay. It had to be dry. It had to be dry. For Adam. Adam definitely needed the, the, the <laughs> yeah. dry land. And you know pastor when I imagine the land rising up from the oceans, the seas you know, we might think of volcanic underwater eruptions, which even today can form new islands. There is an island off the coast of Iceland called Surtsey, which formed this way just 60 years ago. But we aren't talking about volcanoes on day three. The land simply rose up out of the water at God's command. And like everything else God created, the land was mature. It was immediately dry, as we've said, and designed strategically with rivers, lakes, springs, to water the re- and refresh the life that God was about to create. Now, one thing I wonder about is this phrase, one place, in verse 9. So listen to the verse. And God said, let the waters under heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. So when I read that, the words seem to indicate that the land was all together, like one continent, with seeds around it. 
And although there is no nobody's quite sure, the idea of a supercontinent, often called Pangaea, is based partially on how when we look at the continents, they almost look like puzzle pieces yeah. which once fit together. Fit together. Yeah. You know, and there, if there was this supercontinent, I tend to think that there was. I believe it would have broken up during the worldwide flood of Noah, becoming the seven continents that we see today. Absolutely. So as the dry land rises up out of these shoreless oceans, it it does seem to be in one major, one huge portion of land. Mm -hmm. And God is shaping the infrastructure of the earth so that all habitable life, fish and fowls and humans, insects, cows, donkeys and dinosaurs could live on this dry land as well as in the water. Um, yeah, no. I just wanted to say something about dry land. Okay. Mm -hmm. I really like, um, I watch a lot of videos about Amsterdam and how mm. humans are taking back land. They, like, put the water out with windmills so that they can have more land. It just reminds me how we're made in the mm. image of God and we're oh, very wow. creative, just like God. And he does the same thing. And I find it very magnificent to watch. And so, obviously, the Lord does it, like, all just with one word. Yeah. Okay. Done. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Thank you. Before we move on, let's read Psalm 104, verses 7 through 9. And I'm going to ask Rebecca if you could read this great psalm that really also, in a poetic way, describes the earth being shaped on day three. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took flight. The mountains rose. The valley sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not gain again cover the earth. Amen. Amen. That's Psalm 104, verses 7 through 9. Another thing about the dry land, just to throw in here, I, I believe the Garden of Eden was formed on this day. Hmm. And four great rivers were cut out into the new earth that we read about later on. So God is shaping the dry land. And even though there's great seas, there's still now canyons and cliffs and valleys and springs and beaches and shoreline being formed on this amazing day, three, as God shapes the earth, the dry land appears. Then we see, as well, God said, and the dry land was gathered into one place. And then we see again in verse 11, and God said, and the earth brought forth vegetation. So we see God speaks, and we see the springing forth. Of vegetation. So we see the shaping of the dry land and we see the springing forth of the, ve the vegetation, as God said. Mm -hmm. So, Maureen, what kind of vegetation do we see God create on day three? On day three, God created seed bearing vegetation mm -hmm. in which the seed grows on the outside. Mm -hmm. Some vegetations have seeds that fall from it because they're on the outside. Mm -hmm. And this includes the grains, the vegetables, the grass and herbs, and some bushes and uh, shrubs. And other vegetations, such as fruits, have the seed on the inside. And this is an amazing way to distinguish plant and fruit life. And it's in the Bible. So mm -hmm. on day three, there was vegetation in which seed was on the outside of the plant and other vegetation in which the sea was on the inside. Uh, so men ought to constantly give thanks mm -hmm. for the fruitfulness of the earth, yeah. for God is continually sustaining us. 
and I believe God continues his creation um, through this because the seed that grows on the outside uh-huh. it's usually full it's carried away by the wind and the birds and the bees and the po- mm-hmm. there are a lot of pollinators mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so God gave us gave us the ability gave us the job later on when he created men to take care of the garden but we are he gave us that authority but the actual creation and the maintenance of the garden he didn't give that up to us uh-huh. so he he actually remains in control of that mm, he yeah. is constantly creating and sustaining us mm-hmm. so we ought to constantly thank him for that yeah mm-hmm. you know it is incredible science has all these different classifications of animals and plants and everything and it's it's a much the classifications are much more diverse than this, but this is the most basic classification, right, of distinction mm. between uh, grass yeah. and shrubs and trees and fruit, that the fruit has the seed on the inside. Yeah. Now, what's your favorite fruit where the seed's on the inside? Mine lemon. is a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a tarty fruit. <laughs> I'm a peach guy myself. I just love peaches, and I love blueberries, you know, as well. But uh, what's your favorite fruit? You have a favorite uh, fruit? I love peaches as well. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maureen, do you have a favorite oh, fruit? Oh, mangoes. I love mangoes. Oh, oh mangoes. Yeah, that's, yeah, well, I you know, <laughs> that's up there. <laughs> I love mangoes, and I love June plums, but that's, that's found in Central America. Uh-huh. So they have the seeds on the inside. It's, yeah. It tastes similar to a mango. Mm. But that, that is amazing how the seed of other things is on the outside mm-hmm. of the vegetation, like the grass and the shrubs. It's mm-hmm. on the outside. Like, thank God, wheat. You know, wheat. Yeah. The seed is on the outside, yeah. and it falls. And so that it can replenish that way. Mm-hmm. And, and this amazing distinction uh, that God puts in right in these days of creation. And I've been to your house, Maureen. And I've noticed, even though you're, you live here in the city, you wouldn't think if you walked by where you live that you would have a lot of different trees and shrubs and bushes and things. But when I've been to your home, you have a roof, you can walk on it, and you've got all kinds of, you, you love plants, I think. I do. I do love plants. That's why I said this is like my favorite day of creation. Okay. That's so awesome. <laughs> what kind of trees do you have in your in your uh, home? I have uh, orange trees. Uh, I have a mango tree. I have uh, a mango oranges. tree in New York City. This yes. is not, you're, 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 this is not Puerto Rico now. No. no. I, <laughs> that is awesome. And I have two new palm trees that I just got for my birthday. Okay, happy birthday. Uh, Rebecca, did you buy them for her? I paid part of the palm. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea? Whose idea was the palm trees? Um, we have a bro- I have a brother. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. So. D- what's your favorite fruit that grows at your house? D- are the oranges, the oranges real? Because they're tiny and they're very tart, like lemons. You have to bring me one now. Okay. We okay. have a lot yeah. right now. Oh, you bring me one. Yeah. They uh, grow in the winter. They so they've been growing for a while now. They, wow. like, sit there, and they don't get, like, bad as long as they're on the plant. They can stay there for, like, a month. I've been on your rooftop, but are th- is the orange tree inside no, or outside? Inside. Oh, it's it, inside. That tree okay. doesn't stop it letting doesn't stop out letting fruit. Oh, wow. It's the seed is on the inside, but the tree is, and the tree also is also on the inside. On the inside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Micah, so yeah. moving on. Here is plant life. 
But how is plant life different from animal and also human life? Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor, they say that you're actually supposed to talk to your plants, but mine have all died of boredom, so I stopped doing that. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, plants are completely different from the living things that God created on day five and six, especially in that they do not have lungs to breathe. Plants also don't have personalities or relationships, and we all know that unlike humans, plants do not have a soul. No, God created the vegetation ultimately for the use of man. We use fruit, vegetables, and grain for food. We use grass to feed our animals. We use cotton and flax to make clothing. We use trees for wood to build our homes and paper to print on. We use plants for medicine. Mm. And speaking of breathing, God created plants to absorb our carbon dioxide and produce the oxygen we breathe. So when you start to list all of the uses we have for vegetation, it really is astounding. And while we can't forget to be good stewards of the earth, as Maureen just said, we also can't flip the hierarchy with some sort of green agenda. Man was not made for the earth, but the earth and its vegetation was made ultimately for man. So... What sh- what kind of relationship do we have with plants then? Because you hear some men are, or women are plant lovers. Yeah. So is it wrong to be a can a man be a plant lover? Man, like man <laughs> are you or pl- woman. you have a lot of plants? <laughs> do you in a way love your plants? I love my plants. I love having <laughs> them around, but I don't put them above God or or above my husband or your dog. Your dogs? Your you, you like your, your dogs more too? than your plants? Your <laughs> no, I like my dogs more than my plants. Yeah, because yeah, 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 I know you also have pets that you, you do love. And, and you know what? That's, not, that's right. I mean, we, we love our pets. We love our husbands and wives and our children. Yeah. And then we can love our plants, mm-hmm. but not in the same kind of way. And, I, of course, I, I always think about Jonah mm-hmm. in this way. You remember the gourd that grew up? And, mm-hmm. and he just loved that gourd so much that God sent what? He sent the worm, you mm-hmm. know, to eat eat the gourd. And what did Jonah do toward God? He he got really displeased and He's angry, so angry at he God. Could die, yeah. and, and God was saying, Jonah, what? Huh? You love that plant mm-hmm. more than people, mm-hmm. you know. And so we have to realize that, yeah, we can love plants in a, in a kind of way, but plants don't have a soul. And you know, we actually in our office in our church. So we've we've moved around a little bit. We picked up this plant. It was in a office that we rented mm-hmm. at 519 8th Avenue, and I just started watering it, and it just started living better, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we moved that office, and we kept the plant. The plant yeah. I moved the plant to our new office, and yeah. then we moved again, and I moved the plant to our new office. Yeah. Now the plant is getting really big. I could like <laughs> take a nap under it and get shade <laughs> from it, you know. I mean, in our little office, the plant is taking over. That I think yeah. I think our deacons are going to come to me and say, Pastor, that. <laughs> The plant is taking up too much space, you know. But I, I, I do love that plant, um, but not more than people. Amen. Yeah. That's so, the one that Ellie waters when she's in, in the office. And right? I watered it today, actually. Okay. Yeah, because I, I don't want it to die. So, um, now, on day three, so God makes the plants. These are living things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is a form of life. There yeah. are living cells in these plants. And obviously, though, you can eat a plant... But nothing dies. In a sense, the the cell of that plant dies, but death had not yet entered mm. the the universe at this point right. because there was no sin. Yeah. So man could be a plant eater, but he's not like committing, you know, death mm-hmm. to because it, a plant doesn't have breath, as right. we, as we said. Right. But it is also interesting that evolutionists say 
that the first living things were not on the earth, Mm -hmm. but they were in the water. That life sprang out of the water and then crawled up onto the earth. So evolutionists say the first living things was not plant life on the land, but in the water. So why is it important for us to make this distinction that life did not begin in the waters, but on the dry land with the grass, the herbs, and the trees? Maureen, what do you think of that? Well, you know, like you said, evolution teaches us that uh, life began in the water, mm-hmm. and vertebrates, and invertebrates, uh, uh, later on, somehow, they managed to crawl out of the water. And it's interestingly that in order for a fish or any type of animal to mm-hmm. crawl out of the water, they will have to have the muscular strength. And yeah. And I I don't know how they explain all of a yeah. sudden that they got this muscular strength yeah. to be able to to from from swimming to stand up crawl and stand up yeah. out of the water. And plus, what would they have eaten? Why would they have left the water? What's yeah. on the land? I mean, rocks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So you know. So so it really makes no sense mm-hmm. either. Yeah. It makes no sense, and also because. Um, we don't even know what type of water the waters were, either sea water or salty water yeah, or sweet fresh water, water yeah. fresh water. And some fish cannot live in salt sea yeah. water. Also. So what makes them think that they, if they can change from this type of water, that they could walk on dry right. and get into dry yeah, land and start eating dry land? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and along these same lines, you know, I think of the flowers and the bees and the fact that on the one hand, flowers can only exist because bees pollinate them. And then on the other hand, bees can only exist because flowers provide their food by way of nectar and pollen. So both the bee and the flower had to be created at virtually the same time. And the Bible tells us that they were perhaps just 48 or 72 hours apart. So from what I understand, evolutionary scientists believe that bees and flowers evolved within a few million years of each other. But Mm -hmm. common sense and logic tells us, no, that would not work. They both had to be there at the same time. That's right. So this shoots down the day-age theory completely as well. There's a book called The Absurdities of Evolution. Here is a quote about this. It says, every attempt of evolutionists to apply their imaginative impulses to the bee are absurd and shallow. The same is true of everything in nature. They have not a sensible explanation of anything. The whole thing is one of the most gigantic, indefensible frauds ever conceived Mm. in the minds of men. It absolutely is. Thank you, Micah. We're going to go to a song right now. We want our listeners to enjoy the song, but we'd also want you to give us a call. The phone number is 929-333-3739. If you have a burden on your heart. The, one of the reasons, right, Micah, why we come live, why yeah. we have call screeners yeah. over here. They've taken their time, mm-hmm. their heart, their heart is here to pray, yeah. to, to share scripture, to give godly counsel with mm-hmm. wisdom. Yeah. And, um, and one of the reasons we do that mm-hmm. is because I know there's listeners yeah. who just need to reach out mm-hmm. and talk. Yeah. If you need somebody to talk to right now, give us a call at 929-333-3739. Maybe you'd even like to... In, uh, take part of the conversation. Maybe you have a question about creation, either day three or any other aspect of, of creation. If you would like to speak to us, call us right now. Don't wait. Pick up the phone, 929-333-3739. When nature's walls surround me, the hills of green around me, my place in all creation seems so small. 
Praise God. Don't we praise God for him being our great creator, wise, powerful, and loving? Mm. So God speaks, and the earth rises up out of the seas, and God shapes the infrastructure of the earth to make it habitable for all living things. And then God speaks, and vegetation springs up out of the earth. Amazing. God is working powerfully and providentially. Now, the age-old question that Rebecca is especially here tonight. Rebecca, how you doing? Hello. You're such a fine young lady. And, and tell, tell the listeners now, you've graduated mm-hmm. from high school and you're studying. College. And after you, college. <laughs> you even graduated from college. And what are you doing now? I am applying to dental school. Yeah, that's right. Where, where are you going to go? Do you know what? I what? don't know yet. Okay. Well, but you, I'm excited. You're okay. <laughs> You want to still be a dentist after, after, after your undergraduate work. Yes. You know, a lot of people, they, they have a plan to maybe do something. And then, you know, God changes the plan. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you're sticking to it, though. So far, he has you know? not changed the and, uh, Well, we need good dentists, for sure. I kind of like my dentist that I go to. And, uh, you know, I'm comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. So that's good. You're going to help a lot of people as a great dentist one day, Rebecca. So the age-old question is, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, the plant or the seed? You know, so how did God create on day three? And, and not, although the chicken and the egg weren't, you know, or that the chicken wasn't yet created on day three, but there's still the same idea. We know what came first. What, how, what do you say about that? Well, the Bible teaches that the chicken came first yeah. <laughs> and the grown plant came first before yeah. the seed. Um, you know, God created them and then he commanded them to reproduce after their own kind. 
so um, he created them fully grown, already already made. Mm-hmm. So they kind of look how old he wanted them to look when yeah. he made them. Mm-hmm. Right. I, mature. I, you know, th- this is an important point, really, again, when we talk about uh, our faith that God is creator and we don't believe in evolution. No one was there, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, evolution is a theory, but we, we, and we believe in creation. We believe in it with, mm-hmm. by faith. Yeah. But one of the, the main arguments that the evolutionist has is the earth is like, you know, millions and billions of years old. But mm-hmm. how old did the rocks look and the mountains look the day that God created them? Mm-hmm. They look mature. Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about that. How, yeah. you know, Adam was a mature man and the rocks and the gardens were mature as well. And that's amazing. So how old did the earth look? As old as God wanted it to look. It mm-hmm. could have looked millions of years old on mm-hmm. day one, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So and and that goes to the point. God did not make the seed. He made the grass, and it came forth, and the herb, and the trees. Okay, praise God. So, another very important po- uh, point now about this, about day three, is it's the first time out of, I believe, 11 times, we see this very important phrase, after his kind, mm-hmm. that the fruit trees yielding fruit came forth after his kind in verse 11 and then verse 12 the herb yielding seed after his kind so what is the importance of this expression micah what -hmm. what, what is the importance of this yeah it's so amazing that this phrase after his kind is used here in verse 11 and then it's repeated twice more in verse 12 and then the phrase itself is used a total of 10 times in this first chapter of genesis so let's do something really radical tonight and take this phrase at face value so a palm tree maureen was saying that she has two new palm trees a palm tree produces a seed which in turn if it's planted in the ground under the right conditions will produce drumroll please a palm tree tree. (laughs) and it reproduces after its kind the same thing applies to all life that god created now as we've said that doesn't mean that there aren't variations within a kind you know i like to think of all the different kinds of horses for instance one of the largest breeds is the clydesdale which can pull a huge tractor and then one of the smallest breeds is the shetland pony which small children can ride at the petting zoo But they're all horses, and they always will reproduce other horses. And if we take the text at face value, which I do recommend, it's one more major biblical refutation of evolution. Absolutely. And it's what we naturally experience every day, Mm -hmm. that a tomato plant can only bring forth after its kind. Mm -hmm. And so this shows the permanence Mm -hmm. of the kinds in the, in the different species. And although there's a lot of variation, yeah. a, like you mentioned, and horses or cats and dogs, there's a lot of variation within those kinds. Yeah. A dog is still a dog, even mm-hmm. though there are, people are still inventing new breeds of dogs, yeah. you know, so to speak. Yeah. And the reason for this stability of the kind uh-huh. is because of the unique structure, the amazing structure of that double-coiled helix that we call the DNA DNA molecule. Mm -hmm. And the DNA specifies what that thing can turn into. And the DNA of a tomato plant can only make another tomato plant. And while there is tremendous variation potential within each kind, one kind 
cannot scientifically become another kind, even through mutations. Now, you know what you're made of? A lot of amino acids. So let's say, you say, you know what? I don't like being a human being. I want to become a chicken. So you say, I'm going to eat fried chicken every day of my life. Guess what you're going to be after 20 years? A very large, a human fat being. human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to be the Clydesdale of humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there will be more of you, but you <laughs> will still be a human being, and you will not cluck. You might be angry with yourself for eating fried chicken every day for 20 years, but you will not be a big bird, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So, this is just we know this by nature, and yeah. yet evolution literally teaches the cartoon story of teenage mutant ninja turtles Uh that teenagers can mutate into turtles which is ridiculous only in a cartoon right but that's basically what evolution teaches yeah so where are we at here we're going to talk about gathering no well you know what yeah we want to talk about gathering and Do we really want to talk about gathering? <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the lessons of okay. life. Okay. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about the the lessons of life because I don't see anything about gathering on my notes here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know where the gathering went, but my notes ungathered. Okay. So let's talk about the amazing lessons of life, and here we get to the gathering. In all seriousness. So on day three, there are actually some practical lessons we can learn. And one of the first lessons, you know, as I was studying this passage, came out of this word, gather, where it says, where God said in verse 9, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. And as I studied this word and mm-hmm. looked it up, Micah, I was surprised yeah. at, its, at, at how it's translated yeah, elsewhere, elsewhere in the yeah, Bible. In the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, the Hebrew word, which is translated be gathered, is the word kava, which literally trans, you know, it, it describes the twisting of strands of a rope together, creating a tension. And it, it took me a little while to sort of wrap my mind around this, but eventually the strands, you know, that'll be loosed again. But as, as long as they're twisted together, there's this tension and mm. they're gathered together. So mm. the tension, it's kind of like a waiting because eventually they will be loosed again. And hmm. unusually in the Bi- you are usually in the Bible. Sorry, the word kava is translated wait or hope or expect. So one verse that uses the word kava twice is one of my favorite verses in the Psalms. It's Psalms twenty-seven, for- Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen. It says, "Wait, kava, on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, kava, I say, on the Lord." So it says, "Wait" twice here, and both times that word "wait" is kava which is translated in Genesis 1-9 as be gathered. So there is a tension in the waiting because you're waiting on something. And eventually, Mm. you know, there will be no more waiting. You know, the Bible actually talks about in Revelation that there will be no more sea. Um, You know, in the end, so so while we're on earth during during these 7,000 years or so, you know, the sea is waiting. And in the new heaven and the new earth, there will be no more sea. You know, and that, I do love that word about gathered, of being literally like, I, I, I picture a threefold 
cord like a big yeah. rope and how it's twisted. It's all twisted, twisted together. together. Yeah. And where it says, they that wait mm. upon the Lord mm-hmm. shall renew their strength. In other mm-hmm. words, we, we like twist. We can twist ourselves up yeah. with the Lord yeah. and just wait on him. And in a way, the earth was waiting for life to to mm-hmm. spring forth upon it, you yeah. know, whether the animals and the man. Yeah. But we must wait on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, dear friends, wait on the Lord. Be of good strength. Maybe you feel discouraged and in despair or in depression tonight. Wait on the Lord. And give us a call right now, and we would love, we would be honored for you to call us, that we could pray with you, encourage you at 929-333-3739. Give us a call right now. And wait on the Lord here with us. Pray with one of our call screeners. I remember, you know, I remember when there was a lady who came to our church one time. This was years ago. Mm-hmm. And I went over to her house and I said, uh, Edna, do you know if you were to die today that you would go to heaven? Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was a senior citizen. Okay. She was from the Caribbean. She had been to church. Pretty much her whole life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, do you know whether you would go to heaven if you die today? She said, no. And I said, would you like me to tell you how you can go and share with you? She said, yes, I would like that very much. Mm -hmm. And I just sat and I presented her the gospel. And she believed that gospel and called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he saved her. You know, and it just took that human interaction Mm -hmm. for, I mean, she kind of already believed about the Lord, Mm -hmm. but she needed that human touch. And so that's why we're here tonight, dear friends. Give us a call. Maybe you need that human touch tonight at 929-333-3739. Wait on the Lord. Maybe you've been waiting for his salvation. The psalm, it says even in Genesis, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. Maybe you've been waiting to call on the Lord and be saved. Let that wait be over today, my Mm -hmm. friend. Call on the name of of the Lord today. Maureen, you've called on the name of the Lord, right? Many times, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> but you were saved once, right? I was saved once. Yes. Amen. And do you regret being saved? No, no. A- amen. No. Rebecca, when when did you accept the Lord? When I was 14. When you were 14. Do you regret being saved and trusting in Jesus as your Savior? Not at all. What would you say to someone who, who tonight is out there listening and they're not saved, they don't believe in Jesus? What would you say to them? I would say that today is the day of salvation, Amen. not to wait. Amen. Amen. What would you say to them, Maureen? I would say to come to the Lord uh, today because you, you, there is no way for you to prepare yourself for salvation. Mm-hmm. You can't make yourself better mm-hmm. because salvation is a free gift from God. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not a matter of works or anything else. You know, and, and tomorrow's yeah. not promised either. That's right. And uh, salvation is God's gift. And, you know, you think about if a rich person wanted to give you a gift, would you turn it down? No. No. But this is God. Mm-hmm. He's richer than the richest person. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. owns everything. Yeah. And he says, I have a gift for you. My son, Jesus Christ. Dear friends, do not turn down the gift of God, which is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So on this day too, that's one lesson. The lesson of waiting on the Lord. The second lesson is the lesson of obedience. Because God speaks twice. God said... Mm-hmm. He spoke to the waters, and the waters obeyed. The dry land appeared. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and it was as he said. So it was, and it was good. 
And so, Rebecca, how does this challenge us as part of God's creation to obey His commands immediately? How does this challenge us, God's commanding voice? You know, I read a lot of books by Elizabeth Elliot, and she talks about bending mm. our will to God's will mm-hmm. and to saying, yes, Lord, and mm. keeping a quiet heart. Mm-hmm. So we think about how creation follows what God says. You know, the water always stops at the sand, mm. and um, things are just created after him. Trees change color every fall yeah. the way he wants it to. So, you know, um, when I have trouble, um, sometimes I have trouble being irritable. My mother knows this. Sometimes <laughs> I can get a bad attitude. We don't see it. We don't see it, Rebecca. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I remind myself something, a verse that really helps is that um, love is not irritable and God is love. And so if mm-hmm. I want to be like God, um, I have to follow his word. Mm-hmm. And the Bible talks about putting on the whole armor of God, and, mm-hmm. um, about having the sword of truth and like your sword, the Bible, to guide your life mm-hmm. and prayer as well. And so I think um, I try to be less irritable on my own, but it's very difficult. So to obey God and follow him, I really have to uh, keep the word in my heart and in my mind and have prayer and pray through those hard times. Yeah. You're you're a blessing, Rebecca, a young young woman of God living for Jesus Christ through high school and then through college and now wanting to go into dental school. So many young people your age are not looking for the Lord. What would you say to young people your age who um haven't surrendered to that to the voice of the Lord calling them? Yeah, I would say um if you're trying to look for satisfaction or answers in the world, you won't find them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know even as a young person being saved right now, it's still difficult. Like I went through four years of college where all they ever, I'm a science major, so mm-hmm. all they ever taught was evolution. Mm-hmm. And it can like wear at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it honestly caused me to have so many doubts and so much sadness in my heart. And I spoke about this with my friends who are Christians as well. And I was so grateful because the Lord... Um, he like guards your steps and he mm. keeps you till the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so upon like waiting on the Lord, um, one of the things I decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible in the morning and the night because mm. um, I think I was just letting it slip. And it was so interesting how like the, with the discipline, mm-hmm. the Lord revealed so much through his word and he just answers the questions that you have. And if you yeah. keep looking around for answers from the world, um, I realized, why am I trusting man? Man yeah. is fallen. Man mm-hmm. is sinful. Man is confused. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. am I trusting yeah. all of this when God's word, uh, he's all powerful, all knowledgeable. He knows everything. And like the more you look for those answers in the Bible, the more they come. And mm. I would say don't look in the world for answers. The Bible has them all. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's Amen. beautiful. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for sharing that. A, th- a third lesson here on this day three, not only waiting on the Lord, and obeying the Lord, but growing in the Lord. And as God makes the grass, the herbs, the trees, well, we know naturally what they do. They They grow. grow. They Uh grow. And so, Maureen, when I do consider the grass and the herbs and things and how God made them to grow, how can this encourage our spiritual growth? And how, how do we grow spiritually in this life? Well, I love where it says um, the seed was in the fruit. And in like manner, the seed of God, of God's word, and the seed of God's spirit is in you mm-hmm. uh, to form you into the likeness uh, of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the seed of his word is in you to be dispersed as well. Mm. So also the seed is on the outside. 
So that reminds us reminds us uh, um, reminds me of the Great Commission mm-hmm. to us that yeah. we should um, reach out to the world mm-hmm. and and preach the gospel. Yeah. Um, we should be like dandelions with the word of God, right? You know, like <laughs> like this, those dandelions and the seed, the yeah. wind blows and it, whoosh, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's like a thousand weeds are going to be everywhere now, you know, and that the word of God is the seed yeah. is the word. Mm-hmm. So it's on the outside. That's good. And then the seed is also on the inside. Yeah. And it's, and we don't know what kind of soil the seed is going to fall on. You yeah. know, the, so, the sower threw the seed everywhere and it fell on four different types of soil. And one of those types was the good soil. So we don't always know when we're planting seeds where it's going to fall on, but that's not up to us. That's up to God. Yeah, and in 1 John 3, 9, where it says, His seed remaineth in him, he cannot sin because he is born of God. I believe that's the seed of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So the Holy Spirit in us is like a seed, and his control and power in our life should grow. We have all the Holy Spirit but he doesn't have all of us. And so we need to grow spiritually by delighting ourselves in the Lord, being faithful in the local church, being in prayer, sharing the gospel, the seed of God's word. All right. So now we finally come to just the, the fact that God brings the dry land out of the seas. So how can we relate the dry land, the seas, the trees? How can all of this lead us to Christ or make us think of Jesus Christ, Micah? Yeah, Pastor. Well, as we mentioned before, creation obeyed God as he called the waters to gather, as he called the land to rise up, and as he called the trees to grow into a mature existence. The creation obeyed Jesus when he came to earth as well. Mm. Remember how startled the disciples were when Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves while he was in the boat? Mark 4:41 says, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? But while creation obeyed Jesus, Jesus also obeyed the Father. For God sent his Son to die on the cross, Mm -hmm. or as it's described in the book of Acts and also Galatians and 1 Peter, a tree. So the cross was a tree. Uh, 1 Peter 2.24, I'll just read it. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on a tree. Amen. Yes, so he made the trees Mm -hmm. and he died on one. Maureen? Yeah, and the seas reminds me of the storms and the storms that we go through in life. Mm. And so at those times, it's when we have to rely on Jesus because he provides us with living waters. Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we, on this day three, we think we see the waters, we see the seas, we see the trees. Rebecca? Um, yeah, the, the trees reminds me that Jesus is the vine. You know, in John 15, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Mm. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. Amen. Dear friends, God loves you. You are created in his image. God formed the earth with seas and valleys, gardens and hills. The very Son of God walked on the earth that he formed, dear friend. One day he walked even on the stormy seas, didn't he? And he said, peace be still. Mm. He walked into the valley of Gethsemane and sweat as it were great drops of blood, praying, not my will, but thine. And then he carried a cross of wood, the very wood he made. He carried that cross up a hill that he formed and iron nails that he made the elements of were fastened to him. He loves you. 
God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another 